Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. There is so much to talk about this past week, and it all involves Donald Trump. It, 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 it can't be avoided. I hate dedicating almost my entire show to Donald Trump, but there are things that have to be talked about. And they involve Donald Trump. However, I am going to start with a topic that does not involve Donald Trump at all. I hope you will enjoy the news you are about to receive. We have all heard, and we have sometimes said ourselves, that in the next life, I would like to come back as a dog. Because dogs are treated well. They're petted, they're cared for, they're fed. They sleep on master's bed. They have nothing to worry about. It's a great life. Well, maybe no more will the dog be the attractive partner or person to be in the next life. Because now, my friends, there is a new life, a cow's life. You heard me right, a cow's life, a milking cow. It's a cow's life today, the milking cow's life. Milking cows today are referred to as dairy queens. Yep, dairy queens. And why? Because a happy cow is a cash cow. A happy cow is a cash cow. Dairy queens, happy cows, produce more milk. And that's what it's all about if you are a dairy farmer. Now, the new life for cows involves the following. And this is for real. Soothing classical music played in the milking rooms. Fans and sprinklers to mimic spring breezes. Robots (laughs) rubbing the backsides of the cows. Robots rubbing backsides of cows. The floors clean of manure because cows, milking cows, good milking cows, don't want to stand in their own shit. Climate-controlled barns. Milk, milked, not by human hands, but by the hands of a robot. And even better, they are milked, these cows, when they want to. They are trained to go to a particular room when they feel like being milked. Not five in the morning or six at night like the farmers used to do, but when they have the urge, the feeling, they want the udders pulled. They go to this particular room and they wait until they're taken in by a robot. And then the robot pulls their udders, not a human being. But the best, the best of the best, I'm smiling a little bit as to how these cows are treated, they sleep on water beds. Would you believe it? They sleep on water beds. So it's goodbye to a dog's life and hello to a cow's life. Which brings me now, and probably the rest of the show, unfortunately, to Donald Trump. He can't be left out. So let's start this way. You remember, and this goes back to Marie Antoinette, uh, just before the French Revolution began. Let them eat bread, okay? Well, she didn't say that. She, she really, they attest her. She said, let them eat bread, let them eat cake, let them eat brioche. Well, it just turns out that she didn't say this at all. It had been said 
years earlier when she was nine years old. She had nothing to do with it. Now, having filled you in on that, and this is not about Marie Antoinette, though, I think Donald Trump's proposed budget says, in effect, let them eat bread. Let the people eat bread. It is thoughtless. It shows no mercy, no kindness, uh, no consideration. It's selfish. Uh, The budget came out today, his proposed budget. Big cuts, big cuts, big cuts in food stamps, big cuts in Medicaid, big cuts, Social Security. Here's a man who said, I'm not, during the campaign, I'm not going to touch Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. He's a liar. He does this all the time. Well, what he says today, he changes tomorrow. And here he is changing something that's very important to most of the people in this country. Tonight, I'm only going to address food stamps and Medicaid. We leave uh, Social Security to another show. As to food stamps, you know, there are some people in this country that don't believe in food stamps. They fear people should work. If they want to eat, let them work. Well, the only problem is, where are the jobs for all these people? And those who have jobs and are working, they're not making a living wage. They can't support a family. They're not making enough money to feed a wife and two or three children because they're working for minimum wage at McDonald's or something like that, all right? Today, food stamps in this country feed 42 million people. And what he wants to do over the next 10 years is cut the amount of money being spent by 25%. Going to cut back 42 million people by 25% of what they get. What he wants to do is save. By cutting back on food stamps, he will save $193 billion. $193 billion. A lot of money. Okay? Now, what, what bothers me, and again, I have to smile, I have to chuckle, Trump's a big man. He's a fat ass. Look at him. I'm not saying this disrespectfully. I've got a gut. He's got a bigger stomach. He's big. He can't even button his jackets. And that means he's eating good. He's eating filet mignon, prime rib, baked potatoes, uh, all kinds of great desserts. The man's not suffering. After all, he's eating in the White House and Trump Tower (laughs) in Mar-a-Lago. This guy leads the good life, and his body weight is proof that he's eating, even though there are 42 million people in this country who are eating nowhere near as well and will eat less well if his budget is passed. Now let's talk about Medicaid. He wants to make $800 billion in cuts in Medicaid, and this this makes me laugh. Because he wants to give the rich that 1%. He wants to give the rich $800 billion in tax cuts. (laughs) Take from the poor and give to the rich. Okay? This is Robin Hood in reverse. Robin Hood is take from the rich and give to the poor. Trump is take from the poor and give to the rich. The guy's nuts. Um, Now, what's even sadder about this $800 billion in cuts under Medicaid These cuts are going to affect 70 million low-income children, adults, disabled Americans, and the elderly. You know, think of those children. I forget the number. I think it's 35 million children in this country 
uh, go to bed every night in the backseat of an abandoned car or in the woods or under a bridge. Uh, they just have no place to live. They don't brush their teeth in the morning till they get to school, and their teacher gives them a toothbrush and toothpaste, which she bought out of her own salary so they can brush their teeth. And federal programs that he wants to cut provide them with breakfast and lunch, which they wouldn't get, okay, which they wouldn't get if we did not have these programs. But he doesn't care. He sits back and eats big. You know, he has a good time. He sleeps in a bed. Can you imagine? He sleeps in a bed while these kids sleep in the back seats of cars and in the woods and under bridges. They don't even have a toilet. All right. Uh, it, it, remember during the campaign, I'm going to say it again, he said, I will protect Medicaid. Well, his budget is an attack on the poor. It is a violent attack. Okay, a violent attack on the poor. He is screwing the people, the only way to describe it, uh, because under this budget, the rich will benefit. Trump, by the way, is one of the rich. You know this. I don't have to tell you. He's going to save millions of dollars in taxes each year because of his budget. That's a disgrace. Okay? And Social Security for another day, my friends. Remember Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Peter O'Toole, movie, oh, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia was a for-real person, and he went, as he was a British soldier, he went to Arabia to try to help the people in the Middle East, uh, and he did a hell of a job. Now, those of you who saw the movie, and most did see the movie, recall Peter O'Toole, Lawrence of Arabia, standing in the middle of the desert on top of a railroad car. His hair was blonde and long. Trump's hair is blonde and long. Uh, he was wearing white robe, a white robe, an Arab white robe. You know, covered him, his arms and down to his ankles, and it was flowing in the wind also. The hair flowing in the wind, the gown, the white gown. He on top of the uh, railroad car and the Arab soldiers idolizing him and cheering him. And I can't help but think, that's Donald Trump. Donald Trump would love to do that. I think he'd love to wear the white robes and stand on a car like that and be idolized. Okay? Uh, look what happened when he went was in Saudi Arabia for two days. They sucked up to him big time. He loved it. They knew when he came, this is how you treat this man. You, you, you idolize him. It may be false on your part, but he won't know because he eats it up. And, you know, they gave him the gold medal. Then we saw him dancing with the men, the Arabs, and he had the black sword in the air. Again, I saw Peter O'Toole playing Lawrence of Arabia on his horse, leading a thousand Bedouins behind him. You know, who were the better ones? He had Omar Sharif, uh, Anthony, whatever his name is, I can't remember. I've got a mental block. And they had their swords up, and they were yelling and screaming, a thousand Bedouins behind them, and they were going to take Akbar, the city on the water, and they did. Boy, that's Donald Trump. That's what he sees himself at. The guy's nuts. Let me talk now about uh, he danced. He danced. I just mentioned this. Trump danced with the Saudi Arabians. He jumped up and down. He waved his black sword. 
And right there in the crowd, doing the same thing, was our Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. Now, I don't know who this guy reminds me of. It's not Peter O'Toole. It hasn't come to me yet. Uh, but he, he seemed, now here's a guy who's got money, too. Filthy rich. What was he, 15, 20 years? He was CEO of ExxonMobil. His breakaway package was in excess of uh, $100 million. Uh, but he's got the same problems, as I see it, uh, as Donald Trump. Okay, now, Trump. Trump forgets things. He says one thing today, and, change, and without changing his mind, because I don't think he knows what he says one day from the next. But anyhow, in February of last year, he blamed Saudi Arabia for the 9-11 attack. He blamed Saudi Arabia for that. Though he, they were the ones, he said, who blew up the World Trade Center. After all, seven, we know 17 of uh, the Arabs on the planes that flew into the World Trade Center and every place else, the Pentagon, into a field in Pennsylvania, were residents of Saudi Arabia. That's why, and it's thought, it's that money, Saudi Arabian money supported 9-11, the 9-11 attack. Uh, That's what he said. They're bad guys. They blew up the World Trade Center. That was last year. Also last year during the campaign, at a campaign rally several months later, he said, and I quote, Saudi Arabia, I get along great with them. They buy apartments from me. Saudi Arabia, I get along great with them. They buy apartments from me. He has two businesses in Saudi Arabia, and these businesses have several subdivisions to them. Now, how do I know this? How do you know it now, besides from my lips? Trump's own financial disclosure that he filed with the Federal Election Commission shows that he has these businesses in Saudi Arabia. I think from a political perspective, Trump did not do the right thing in going over and seeking uh, the support and friendship of Saudi Arabia, as he did. And you have to understand We still have, for over 2,000 years, a big religious war going on over there in the Middle East. You have the Sunni and the Shiites. Well, Saudi Arabia is Sunni. And many of the countries that were there in Saudi Arabia uh, saying, God bless you, Donald Trump, uh, give us these contracts, are Sunnis. There are no Shiites there. They hate each other. Iran is Shiite. Aha! Iran Shiite. Now, and Iran happens to be more democratic, by the way. We say all kinds of terrible things about Iran. But among all the Arab nations, Middle East nations, they're the most democratic. They had an election just now. Uh, Their women don't wear all that garb around their head. They drive cars. Would you believe it? All right. Uh, So they're more democratic. But Trump has taken sides in a war that has been going on for over 2,000 years, and they still haven't settled it, and they're not going to settle it whether Trump's in office four years or eight years. All he's doing is putting the power of the United States behind 
one of the groups, and he has opted for the Sunnis. There's more Sunnis, by the way, than Shiite. Now, this is in contrast to Obama, and I'm not saying who's right, who's wrong. Obama, in effect, was really supporting Iran and the Shiites against Saudi Arabia, because he thought Saudi Arabia jerked us around enough years. They did. Don't forget, Saudi Arabia gave us $4 a gallon gasoline. That's reason enough to hate them if you're an American, okay? I think, you know, I don't know. Uh, if a war comes, uh going to be all kinds of problems in the Middle East, and problems here because we've taken a side which I think was not smart by Trump or anyone who advised him to do so if he sought advice. Now, let me talk to you about Melania. Melania, she's lovely. My God, he is married to one of the most beautiful women in the world. And she's 47 years old. Would you believe it? She is so beautiful. Uh, I don't know if she likes him. And this is merely from observation. Uh, twice, she doesn't hold his hand. This is where I'm going. She does not hold his hand. When they were walking down the red carpet in Saudi Arabia after getting off the plane, he went to take her hand, and she pulled it away. Remember on the inaugural parade when little Baron, his mother, went to take his hand, he pulled his hand away? She did the same thing to Donald in Saudi Arabia in front of everybody. And today, today on the news, they showed Trump and Melania arriving in Rome. And as they stood at the top of the stairs leaving the plane, he went to take her hand and she pulled it away. She went to she used she made a show that she was fixing her hair. I don't know if these people get along. I do know they don't hold hands and prior presidents and their wives, they were always holding hands when they're walking around. Which now brings me to the speech. I'm sorry to hit you with all this Donald Trump stuff, but all this Donald Trump stuff is all we hear on TV and read in the media these days, because it's important. What's happening now in this country with regard to the investigations and Donald Trump and his staff is really extremely important. I, I believe this. I believe this so deeply uh, because people are screwing around with us, foreign countries, We've got to resolve this whole thing. And if we have enemies in our midst who have corroborated, colluded with the enemy, who would be Russia in this particular situation, then they must be discovered, identified, and outed. Okay, let's get to a speech. Uh, his speechwriter, that speech, I thought the speech sucked, by the way. Trump's speech sucked. He read. He read from the prompters. He didn't deviate one iota. His voice was quiet. They convinced him, don't screw up, Charlie. But what he said, what he said is what bothered me. Uh, but first, let me tell you who wrote the speech. Stephen Miller. Now, I wrote a lengthy article about him several months ago. I've talked about him before. I don't know if I talked about him on this show or on one of my daily blogs or one of my video shows. But Stephen Miller, stay with me now, is a neocon. He believes we should go to the war anytime anybody pisses on us in the smallest way or the least possible way. The United States, being the most powerful nation in the world, should go to war with them, teach them a lesson. He's an ally of Stephen Bannon, who's in the White House also. Now, Bannon is a former 
Breitbart CEO, okay, and he's a white supremacist. They're they're anti-Semitic, <laughs> they're anti-Negro, uh, anti-Black, and so is Stephen Miller. Now he wrote. This is the man. Stephen Miller is the man who wrote the executive orders banning Muslim. Uh, immigration to this country, which went before the courts and have been shot down so far. He's the one who wrote them. Uh, now, he's his chief speechwriter now and was his chief speechwriter a couple of months ago. Uh, some of the things I don't like about him, he's 32 years old. Uh, now, people are smart at 32, but how can a man 32 years old sit in the White House as one of the close people and staff of the President of the United States, write his speeches, uh, write his uh, executive orders, which got shut down in court? He doesn't have it yet. You've got to go to people with a little white hair, been through the mill once or twice. He, he's his advisor, though. He's a close advisor of the president. Previously, let me show you, let me indicate to you, expose you to who he worked for before he worked for the president, and he's only 32. He was communication director for then Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions, our new attorney general, Jeff Sessions. I've been saying constantly, the media says it. He's a racist. He's a bigot. This guy is tearing down all the laws and things for the people that Obama put through. He's out there clashing to get rid of them. He supports the police against the blacks. Very simple. Uh, he's doing all kinds of crazy things. I, we're trying to downgrade drug violations so you don't throw people in jail. It costs us $85,000 a year for every person we put in jail. That's a lot of money we're spending. Let's get them out. Let's make it a medical problem and treat it as such. It's working great in Portugal. It's been working that way in Portugal since 2001. Works great. And it's, it's cut down on a lot of money for police enforcement and for jailing. He also, prior to being on Jeff Sessions' team, he was press secretary to Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. Remember her? She, I, I call these people nuts. And you've got to agree with me, because when you look at them on TV talking, they're crazy. Everything that came out of her mouth was as brilliant and as stupid as what comes out of Jeff Sessions' mouth. She even ran for president once, didn't get very far in the primaries. Uh, I think what's going to happen is this. Uh, I think we insulted Iran in Miller's speech. I believe... A war is possible between Iran and the other Middle Eastern countries in one or two years. And Saudi Arabia, with the other countries who are going to benefit from this $350 billion uh, arms deal that Trump made with Saudi Arabia, they're being referred to now by as the Arab NATO. Saudi Arabia and the other countries are going to benefit from this military contract Trump entered into. It's going to be Iran against the Arab NATO nations. The Arab NATO nations, Saudi Arabia and those people, are going to be armed to the teeth with high-tech American weapons. Iran won't, but don't underestimate them. But I think we could see a war between Iran and them 
before a war between us and Iran. Okay, we're still with Trump. God bless him. What would what would the media do without him? Trump. Uh, let's see. He's amazing. <laughs> I gotta say, he's amazing. He claims. He supports. He once said, let me put it this way, Trump once said that Saudi Arabia was funding ISIS during the campaign. They're funding ISIS. Now, that's the terrorist people, numero uno today, that we want to get rid of. Uh, But during the campaign, Saudi Arabia is no good. They're funding ISIS. In Syria, Saudi Arabia is not on our side. They're on the side of Assad and the Russians. We're on the side of the rebels. We support the rebels with some soldiers. We give them military equipment. Saudi Arabia and Russia are doing the same thing. Russia with some troops, Saudi Arabia with with planes, fighter planes. Uh, And some of the equipment being used by Saudi Arabia, uh, we financed or paid for or helped them with over the years. And that's going on now with Syria. They're not on our side. And Trump's over there kissing their ass the last two days, and they're kissing his ass. They did it big time again, the gold medal, the war dance, the, the black swords in the sky. Hello, hello. Now, a few days ago, Saudi Arabia and the United States had that $350 billion massive arms contract. And now, look what it includes. It's all war stuff. Black Hawk helicopters, combat ships, precision-guided weaponry, transport helicopters, cargo helicopters, tanks, anti-ballistic systems, and this I don't quite understand, maritime assets. During the campaign, during the campaign, Trump chastised Hillary Clinton for accepting Saudi money for the Clinton Foundation. Trump chastised Clinton for accepting Saudi money for the Clinton Foundation. And what did he say? How, what did he say? How, Hillary, can you support a country that, and I quote, kills women and, quote, treats women horribly? That was only six months ago. In six months, he found out they don't kill women. That's not true. And they treat women horribly. They don't anymore. That's not true. Okay, I want to get into Ivanka. This is the last item on Trump and probably the last topic I have time for in tonight's show. Ivanka. She's at it again. I'm not sure what she did is wrong or what has happened is wrong, but I share it with you because it hasn't come out yet. Ivanka was in Saudi Arabia with her father. She was there as he made the $350 billion deal for military equipment. At the same time, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates made a $100 million contribution, a $100 million contribution to an Ivanka brainchild, the World Bank. The purpose of the World Bank, this was her idea, is to assist and support women entrepreneurs. $100 million they gave. All right. Now, Ivanka doesn't work for the World Bank, but she is a federal employee and the White House staff. She's close to this organization, uh, got it started, in effect. doesn't look right to me. 
there's got to be a connection between the $350 billion arms deal and the $100 million contribution. I believe if we hadn't done the $350 billion arms deal with them, she never would have seen the $100 million contribution. During the campaign, Trump, again, severely criticized Hillary, as I said a few minutes ago, for Clinton, for Clinton Foundation contributions. He severely criticized Hillary for accepting donations, as he said, from the repressive Middle East regimes, such as Saudi Arabia, from repressive Middle East regi- regimes, such as Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Uh, that's my show. That's my show. It wasn't bad, though. A lot of Trump was interesting, I think. There's also much. But I'm glad I got the cows in at the beginning. I thought that's a much nicer story. Uh, I, Besides this show once a week, I'm now doing a video on Facebook uh, every day, one to two minutes. Uh, I talk about this, that, and everything else. One to two minutes. Uh, you have to be my friend. Key West Luce, under Key West Luce. So has to be Key West Luce. Friend, and then you can see it every day. Uh, and I think you'll enjoy it because you can see me ranting and raving, throwing my arms around and so forth. I enjoyed being with you tonight. I love doing the show. I'm glad you listen. I'm glad you write and comment. Um, I'm just glad you're with me. I look forward to being with you again next week.